So here's a question. In a world that keeps moving faster and faster, how do women leaders like us, women who want to make an impact in the world through our career or business and not sacrifice our home life, how do we create balance and fulfillment in our lives, both at work and at home, without facing burnout or constantly feeling like we're chasing an impossible dream? That's the question, and this show explores the answers. Welcome to the Selfless Syndrome Show. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and I'm on a mission to help women leaders break through burnout so that they can build the life and body they are worthy of and step into the awesome power of who they really are. I'm the Selfless Syndrome Mentor, a board-certified women's health and leadership coach and alternative medicine practitioner. I'm a wife, mom, and stepmom to four boys and a furball, and I'm the founder of a rapidly growing women-centered coaching business. Stick around because on this show, you'll learn how to create the life, body, and career you've always dreamed of without having to sacrifice who you really are. Let's go. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley. I'm really excited for today's conversation because this is going to be um, different from any conversation we've had on the show to date. I am joined by Estelle Giraud, who is a PhD scientist in population genetics, turned commercial operator and leader in biotech and frontier medicine at Illuma, Illumina, and now a turned founder. She's also a mother and a woman founder. She has had to navigate the change and challenges that come with this journey, and she's deeply excited and scared by the rise of big data in healthcare and wellness and passionate about creating a better healthcare system from the ground up, especially for individuals. So Estelle, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, you're not taking on a small challenge by, <laughs> by any means. So I, I would really love to know, like, how, how did you get here? I know you've got kind of layers to your story, but how did we end yeah. up here? Uh, so yeah, way to jump in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I feel like, you know, my, my entire personal professional background has really been at these intersections and shifts. So like starting out in academia and then moving to commercial and then, you know, starting this journey of becoming a founder and everything that goes alongside that. And in parallel to all of that, having my personal journey through my own health and, and kind of managing my health, um, managing it across countries, um, and then my journey into motherhood. And it all kind of coalesces in this, you know, situation of uh, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life right now. And uh and, and the purpose and the insights that I feel like I have to bring to the table. And so um, you've covered kind of at a high level that that journey and that trajectory, but leaving Illumina and the company that I worked with uh, for, you know, eight, eight years, um, I loved my role at Illumina. I loved my team. I loved the work that we were doing. You know, it's an incredibly mission-driven company and their mission was around how do we unlock um, and like really improve human health by unlocking this power of genetics and uh, genetics for those that are not familiar with this is becoming mainstream. Like the technology advances that we have in this space are 
are really kind of sparking this entire new way of doing medicine and how do we think yes. about doing really predictive medicine and so I saw that coming and I got to work at the front line of that industry and loved it um and it was the hardest decision that I've had to make professionally to leave that um but I saw again and again and again these just like problems that we have in healthcare in this space at the infrastructure layer of healthcare and no one was addressing it. And I also really deeply care about privacy. Like you, you touched on that as well, but, you know, I want to create a world, a future world where we do have a socially just healthcare system and we, and people's health data is respected and is used for good, but we're able to do that in an equitable way for everyone. Um, and people weren't, you know, there's, there is such a risk that that doesn't happen. And I feel like we're at this tipping point in the industry and in society right now where that needs to happen. Um, and so it became this just burning urge for, you know, a couple of years that I couldn't stop thinking about this before I eventually left Illumina. Um, and then in, in parallel, and, and we can talk a little bit about like what Trellis Health does, but um, yeah. my journey into motherhood at the same time and in parallel deeply mm-hmm. impacted the way that I think about our go-to-market strategy and the products that we build. Yeah. So let's let's touch on both because I know your company, Trellis Health. So kind of just give me a, a picture of what it does. And I know right now it's focused more on pregnancy and pre and postnatal care, which is a huge need. I didn't share um, my previous hat before I do got into doing what I do now was I was a <clears throat> pediatric and perinatal chiropractor. So oh, wow. I actually have some significant background in that too. So we can, yeah. we can have that conversation, but um, kind of give us a, you know, an overview of like, what is the purpose of Chalice Health and what, what are you trying to achieve in the world? Like with that that's a big question yeah. sorry <laughs> no that's that's also good <laughs> so you know our, our our mission is to create this um single source of truth for all of your health data um so we all experience this today especially in the US you have multiple logins multiple different my chart accounts if you've moved around your health information is kind of spread all over the place and you don't get a lot of value out of having that all in one place. And even just with COVID, you know, where are all your vaccine records? Whereas for your family or for yourself, like it's very difficult for you as a consumer to access this information easily uh, and all in one place. So primarily, and then you know, genetics, wearables, like all of this, this new health information um, that currently also lives all over the place. So we are, we are pulling all of that all together in one safe place uh, for consumers to kind of have that organized for them in a really kind of clean and simple way. Um, We take it one step further and that is you know, having it all together in one place is, is great, but um, you really want to be able to have derived value from that and, and really kind of make your life easier. And so it's definitely relevant if you're sick, but it's also how do we just improve the experience and the care journey for people as they just go through their lives? Um, and this this goes back to, you know, my own pregnancy journey. Um, I, I was, I was, 
you know, I had a reasonably uneventful pregnancy, but I did suffer from um, prenatal hypertension uh, and I had postpartum preeclampsia. And I'm also an IVF mother and had, you know, a multi-year journey through IVF into pregnancy. And the level of responsibility that women take for their own health through that journey is just mind-blowing. You know, I was trying to, I had a corporate job at the time and it is just so much self-education and my care team was great, but just filling in those gaps, that kind of logistical management. And I, that carries on for women post pregnancy. Once you've done that, you kind of take on this role of chief medical officer for the family. So you're taking on the, the kind of caretaker logistical management of your whole family. And so our idea is, or our insight really is how do we take health information, put it in easily in the hands of a woman at that point in her life um, and help streamline that journey. So we call it a digital concierge. Uh, It really helps to manage that like day to mental load and and help her approach those appointments with more confidence and agency and, and kind of have ownership over that health journey. But then ultimately we want to transition that into enabling families and women wherever they are in their health journey um, to be able to easily manage their health. You know, that's not just pregnancy. We're starting out with pregnancy and the tools that we're developing around this like digital concierge for pregnancy. Um, but that that transitions well past that pregnancy event. Yeah. Well, diving into this, so it's I, I like. I haven't heard of anyone else doing what you're doing. So it's really awesome that you're doing that. And there's, you know, such a need for, I like the word you use with ownership in our healthcare. Cause you know, we've, we've developed this attitude in the Western world of like, you know, doctors are omnipotent beings and they have all the data and they have all the answers and we really kind of know nothing. And usually you forget, you know, three quarters of whatever they tell you when you're in there, if they even tell you anything. So, um, it's really great to just see you bringing that. So, you know, I think a lot of us don't realize that we, it's our data, it's our information and we should be able to access it easily and simply and, you know, do that. And I know as a practitioner, like the thing that I hated the most, and still, I mean, I, I still take soap notes, but like charting is one of the most frustrating parts of, of yeah. my job. And there's a yeah. lot of doctors who honestly don't do a good job. And so having access to that and being able to say like, Hey, that's not actually what I said. Like making sure our information is actually correct is something that we should have the right to, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, there's, um, been some legislative change like the patient there's so many problems in healthcare and they're like layered problems but at its core I think a lot of the issues that we struggle with is this sense of ownership like there's so many players involved and if people are not feeling like a passenger in their health and they're just being kind of told what to do from the doctor and it's it's kind of overwhelming and they don't have the tools and they don't have the visibility into you know their own health they're less likely to make decisions to protect and nurture and you know have better health um because you don't feel like it's yours um and there's not that level of visibility whereas 
I think a lot can be can be gained by really kind of inviting patients and individuals into that care journey and at the same time from like you say from a practitioner standpoint um you know there is so much that we can do in terms of digital tools now to make their jobs easier and so that they're not charting and they can spend more time like face-to-face actually looking at a patient and you know operating within their license you know what they what they're trained to do and not you know, filling in screen after screen after screen in an EMR system that's not, you know, not not designed in the right way for for our system to to really flourish. Um, and this is like a, this is a huge problem, right? This goes beyond yeah. trellis health and and what we're building. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, you know, but I think it's important to bring up too, because, and I haven't talked so much on the show about like all the things that are wrong with healthcare. Everyone knows this, right? Like we all, mm-hmm. I, every woman I talk to is frustrated and, you know, doctors don't listen to me and no one hears me, no one understands me, or, you know, it's like, they're just being told what to do or told they're fine when they really don't feel that way. And, you know, we're alluding to a bigger part of the problem, which is just how the system's designed. I mean, you know, when I was a chiropractor, it's like time is money. If you spent more than seven minutes with a, a patient, you're losing money. Um, and there's not time for being able to yeah, be fully present and do all the things you're supposed to do. And like, you know, fill out 3000 pages of paperwork on, you know, yep. every 12 yep. visits or whatever. It's just, there's so many yep. things that are wrong, but I love that you're just bringing awareness to we have we have uh young oh, wait, we have an interruption going on part of the, the conversation as well. <laughs> to, trying to come in um but you know just bringing awareness to our own health and then specifically i wanted to dive into the pre and postnatal period because that is an area where our um it's like you're pregnant and then it's like bye you know we see you in yes. six weeks and then we drop you so i'm curious how you guys are, are, you know, how Chalice's health is coming into that conversation. Because no matter what age you are, whether you're a grandma or, you know, currently in the age of having kids, it's a big problem. And, you know, with mental health, with follow-up, like postpartum lasts seven years. And there's... Yes, at least. You know, I mean, we get care for six weeks of that. <laughs> right, right. And the, yeah. the impact to your body as well, it's like it doesn't go back necessarily to exactly what it was before. Um so and and we did extensive user interviews um, and heard this again and again and again from women is you get so much focus during that um, pregnancy period and then suddenly like you have this birth event and you know maybe that's a natural birth maybe that's a C section maybe that's like there is so much that can happen at that time point um, and then you get kind of like okay check check out you know, after an overnight in the hospital and we'll see you in six weeks. And it's like, what happened? Yeah. Um, you, have, you know, you go from weekly visits to like, oh, you're fine. You know, yeah. go, yeah. go figure out how to keep another human yeah. alive. Good luck. Yeah. No. And I think yeah. women like this is, um, this is one of the biggest, it's a, it's an opportunity. It's a gap. It's just, we have so much work to do in women's health. And I'm really encouraged to see companies being founded by women to address some of these care 
needs that women face that have been overlooked for such a long time. And so there's there are a lot of new kind of digital health companies and um, women-focused uh, communities and platforms to, to really support this. But I think there's also like a lot of work that has to be done on the entrepreneurial front to recognize that this is a problem. This is not a niche market, right? Like this affects no. <laughs> nearly every woman. Uh, it's not a, it's not a small market. It's not a small problem. Like we need solutions and, and, and women are starting to kind of demand these solutions. Um, and so I'm, I'm really encouraged to see that this is growing, but there's still a huge amount of work to be done. You know, 2% of venture capital money goes to women founders and like only a fraction of those are addressing these kinds of problems and they're enormous. Um, so, you know, that overlooked opportunity is like our, as our opportunity as, as female founders wanting to address these, these needs. I'm about to go on a soapbox because you just <laughs> you just pushed my little button here, which the thing that, you know, and I, I've shared this on the podcast before, there's lots of different ways that we can fulfill like what, you know, what really drives us and what we're really passionate about. And so my thing is, you know, women being fully self-expressed in their lives, because I, I, I find far too many of us are, you know, we've been taught to not share our voice, to not speak our truth, yeah. to not stand up for ourselves. And this is what you're doing. And, you know, this space and context of taking ownership of our health, which is huge, especially because healthcare has always been, you know, male, do- it's one of those male dominated fields. The right. tech world has been a male dominated field right. and all of this. Yeah. So first, I'm unapologetic <laughs> about the insight that I bring to this space. Like yeah, we need other voices in this space and we yeah. need women building these tools for women um, with that insight. So, yeah. I mean, no it's one like, understands us as well as we understand ourselves, right? Like, no. And women have been excluded from medicine, like actively yeah. excluded for almost 30 years. Women were not, uh, women of childbearing age were not allowed to take part in clinical trials, right? So yeah. like from the early seventies until their, until their nineties, um, we could not like women were not actively enrolled in clinical trials. And so that means that a lot of the, the diagnosis criteria, the drugs that have been developed, the, the ways that we present with diseases, I mean, heart disease is a, is a really good example of this. Like yeah. it affects more women than men and yet women present differently with different Indeed. symptoms. And so it takes that many more years for a woman to be diagnosed and treated properly Um for these diseases. And that's crazy. Like how, how does that even happen? (laughs) We need to change that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we could dive into a whole bunch of stuff around genetics with that too, but you know, you bring up a really good point. And I, I understand like, cause when I, you know, was in school and had to do research and I've studied, uh, had stuff published before, but you know, so there's like layers of protection for certain populations in terms of research. And at the same time, unless we, study this stuff in in some way like that's how the whole i i get on a soapbox around weight loss in the weight loss industry mm-hmm. like people don't realize all all of the advice out there was designed for men yeah. and male physiology yeah. and it, it it doesn't take into account like women yeah. are you know we're different and yeah how our bodies yeah. work that's just the reality yeah. so it's just different there's different organ structures there's different hormone systems there's different like yeah. i i also um 
I mean, one of my personal soapboxes as well. And I see this from an angle of medicine, but also from an angle of like just uh, innovation and tech companies, this idea of like bundling and unbundling. So we go through these cycles where like the way innovation happens is you grow something really big and then you dismantle it and build better pieces of it. And then you bundle it all up again. And I feel like we've done that in medicine where we, what used to be a single practitioner and somebody that like knew you and your family for generations and you saw your family doctor and they kind of handled everything. There's a level of kind of continuity that comes from that and really holistic care. And then we've gone through this recent period where it's all been unbundled into specialities and um, individual, and we're going to treat this one aspect of your physiology or just weight loss or just mental health or just, you know, um, endocrinology or just diet, like whatever it is. Um, and great, like we get massive innovation. We understand the body systems that much better. But yeah. at some point, like that all has to come together again because we are not just like a massive different system. Like we are a whole body. It should be treated as such. Yeah. And each part interacts. Like I, one of the most frustrating things for me with Western medicine is just the compartmentalization, which is what you're talking about. It's like, yeah. you know, there's no discussion of like, oh, well, if this is going on in your gut, like what's going on with your hormone system or any, because yeah. like so many yeah. things are connected in your brain. Yeah. So holistic medicine. Yeah. And I think this yeah. is like, there are, you know, starting to be providers that are taking this kind of lens and and doing Mm -hmm. so in a very kind of consumer centric way of like, okay, we're going to look at you as a whole person and treat all of these interrelated conditions and women's health and, you know, menopause and fertility and like everything, weight loss, like it all bundles in together. It does. Yeah. And those listening to the show know I, I take that approach and it's, you know, I don't even deal with symptoms anymore. It's like, let's get to like how we got here in the first place. There's <laughs> a lot of times mm-hmm. it's, you know, our wiring, it's our upbringing, it's our mm-hmm. lifestyle choices. And some of them we don't even realize are yeah. what we're making. So, But on the data side of that as well, like, for, so from my lens, um, yeah. you know, wouldn't that be more powerful if we had really tailored individual data like all the way down to genetics and yeah that is the future right that's going to happen um we just have to you know make sure that we're doing that in the right in the right way yeah so let's let's dive into this because I you know for myself and from other women I've talked to like I've been really fascinated by the whole you know evolution of epigenetics and you know done some Mm -hmm. genetic testing on myself and whatnot and there's always this fear of like how much information is out there. And I know this is the the problem you're trying to solve. So like, what are some of the ways that you are guaranteeing like safety of data and making sure it's not ending up in the wrong places with the wrong hands or whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really good question. And I love that you're asking that question and thinking about that because I think a lot of people don't realize kind of how sensitive that information is. So I always tell people like, you know, you don't read the terms and conditions on your Apple, whatever, when you upgrade software, but (laughs) if you're going to spit in a tube for anything, like please read the terms and conditions. Um, Our attitude on this is really uh, at its core privacy security is uh, is foundational to what we're doing at Trellis Health. It's actually how it started. Um, and 
<clears throat> first thing is we never sell, share, kind of do anything with that data. The way that we make money as a company is with people buying our software, consumers buying our software, and we're providing that service to you. So it's this idea of like, if it's free, you are the product. Um, Facebook, like any of these companies, yeah. if they're providing a free service and then they're making money on the back end by selling ads or selling your data or, you know, doing something else that is a hundred percent, not our business model. So we never will never sell anything on the back end. Um, and then, you know, we, we have like, maybe we won't get into it for your listeners today, but we have a whole roadmap around like a distributed system for data storage and like how to do that in a really privacy preserving way. And, create a level of transparency that doesn't exist in the healthcare system today. Yeah. So right now people's health data is being bought and sold in these secondary and tertiary marketplaces of data. This is a, a $13.5 billion industry um, that is happening today in the US and it's completely legal under HIPAA because they just remove your name and they like de-identify your data and then hospitals can you know sell that. Um, for additional revenue streams and for, you know, whatever it is, right? That happens today. And that's an enormous industry and patients have generally no idea, no idea. that that's yeah. happening. I um, actually didn't know that. That's okay. Freaky. Yeah. So yeah. like <laughs> people, it's like the, one of the biggest data industries that you just don't know about. Um, and so we want to bring a level of transparency to that system. Like that data is, that data flow kind of needs to happen. It's things like insurance underwriting, it's pharmaceutical research, it's population health management. Like these things are important, but you as a consumer and as an owner of that health data deserve to know where and when and with who and for what your data has been used for. And so with our platform, like one of our big kind of goals and missions are uh, around this is that level of transparency so you would know with our software like oh my data has been shared with this research program uh you know and i've authorized that and consented to that or it's shared with this insurer for underwriting purposes or for this claim or you know whatever it is but you know you can just look at it and see where your data is that's huge and yeah, I mean, like this is putting an extreme label on it, but it's kind of true. I, when we end up in Western medical healthcare, it's like you lose all control and it can be honestly an abusive relationship. Like you lose the ability yeah. to, you know, fight for yourself and have, I I shared with you a little bit before, you know, my son was born five weeks early and yeah. I'm sure the hospital like hated me because <laughs> I, you know, their NICU system, we're in Fairbanks, Alaska. So like very antiquated, you know, they wanted to measure exactly what he was eating. I wanted to breastfeed. It was like this mm. constant battle. You know, they had to measure the amount every three hours. They wanted to give him formula. And so I'm the mom who's like, well, do you have anything without soy in it? And they're like, oh, all our formulas are soy free. I'm like, bring them to me. And like the first ingredient yeah. on every single one is soy. And, oh, you know, so I, I just fought. So I was, you know, yeah. arguing with administrators and, but like no one else does that. You know, I happen to have the education and the background and like and the confidence and the agency. That, yeah. To, to yeah. Like, feel like I could stand up for myself and carry on a conversation. Yeah. And I even, you know, he, they put a feeding tube in him and I, he pulled it out at one point and I was like, 
before you put that in, we're trying nursing. He latched on a nurse yeah. for 45 minutes, you know, started regulating his body temperature. We went home the next day and they were like, no, you can't go yet. I'm like, here's a letter. Here's everything you told me that we need to do. None of this we can't handle at home. And like, we're going. And so, but we don't realize that we have the ability yeah. to do that and we can fight the system. And they have, you know, I, I'm not bashing Western medicine, like the healthcare, well, the healthcare system has a lot of problems. They have systems in place for a reason because they need to, mm-hmm. you know, their own protection, but it doesn't mean that it's what it should be. <laughs> Let's just yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's about like this. I mean, I think it's about a lot of things, but yeah. like, um, <laughs> one of the, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were describing that is that like, not every situation is, is the same, right? Like right. we, we're so used to the medical system is defined around like, this is the standard of care and this is the protocol mm-hmm. and, and this is what has to happen. Um, and that's like you say, for people's protection, but, um, if we want to get to like individualized care and start to yeah. like operate in the gray areas and start to like improve the experience and, and have multiple stakeholders at the table, kind of making these decisions and, and ultimately yeah. like rising tide, improve it for everybody. Um, we have to just take a more individualized approach and it's not that like a medical system and data and measurement and anything is bad. And it's not that like, you know, human led decisions and whatever are are bad. It's like, there is, there is a middle ground there where people can be informed and empowered and have the data and make independent decisions and, um, doctors and, and practitioners can be, uh, can practice better medicine as a result of that. And patients yeah. can have a better experience. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking a lot of, like we tend to, you know, I've been guilty of this and then I've met plenty of Western medical doctors who are as fed up with the system as I have been or disillusioned, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of, a lot of the critical, like their critical thinking and their ability to be the practitioner is taken away because they're stuck within the confines of like, here's what insurance will pay for, or, yeah. you know, here's how we treat this. And I've read some interesting yeah. stuff around COVID and like, there was not once a, once a plan was in place, like, no, they couldn't vary outside of that without, you know, massive mm-hmm. insanity. Mm-hmm. So coming down mm-hmm. on them, but so we just hit on a whole, <laughs> a whole <laughs> <of> things. <laughs> This is fun. I mean, yeah, like I said, different conversation for the show, but important, you know. And I think more and more women that I meet are in that place of wanting to take the control back and, you know, mm-hmm. work with people who are more partners than they are, like stuck in that system, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it sounds like this is a really good, you know, I almost look at it as like knowing your credit score, like, you know, right. know where your health data has gone and where it is. So there is a lot of parallels actually in the fintech industry and like what's starting to happen in healthcare and like some of these digital tools and interoperability. And, and it's also like, you know, healthcare is one of the slowest moving, like it's a big, it's like, you know, 30% of GDP. It's an enormous, heavy industry. Uh, It takes a while to change, but you've got millennial Gen Z people coming through that are used to this like Amazon experience and you get confronted with healthcare and you're like, what? (laughs) 
what 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 just happened i have venmo and mint and i have like 10 12 logins now yeah um cool so for women i guess listening to this who are intrigued by chalice at this point your focus is more in the perinatal period with with pre and postnatal care it sounds like uh, do you have plans in the future for opening it up um more like how far out are you yeah we do um and as you know as soon as possible like it's always this is one of the challenging things about building a startup and building a company is that you have to you have to start with like a focus area and 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 really kind of build from there uh, so like you mentioned, we're focused on uh, pregnancy and building tools around pregnancy for now. But um, our ultimate mission is that this is for everybody. Um, this is not. And, you know, within the next couple of years uh, in the U.S. especially, like that will get easier with some of the regulatory changes and 21st Century Cures Act and kind of other things coming into play. This idea of like individual access is starting to increase. So um, it is definitely part of our roadmap. But, um, and I would just say, like, if people are interested in, like, following along in the story, um, feel free to, like, uh, sign up to us, uh, like, uh, mailing list. And we're also on social media. and, 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 like, we talk about more than just pregnancy health it's really about like creating a movement around health ownership and health agency and like a different experience with the healthcare system yeah and I think it's important to realize that in order to change it we have to be willing to stand up and demand it and I'm starting to see more of that you know in the women I work with but uh, for a lot of you know, my approach has always been, I don't want to be part of the system. So <laughs> I just, I'm in a different world <laughs> off on my own, but to really make any change, I think we have to be willing to stand up to the system, you know, and say like, yeah. Hey, this isn't right. And I, yeah, I want something. And there's, there's people like all throughout the system, like there's, you know, there's doctors, yeah. there's um healthcare systems or startups or like everybody I think yeah. throughout the system recognizes some of the problems associated yeah. with this. This is also one of the reasons why we are taking a very different angle and being consumer centric and kind of consumer yeah. first in our play because my thesis is that if you go into a, like a system as complex as a healthcare system, you try and build something that fits into that. Uh, you're not yeah. going to build something that's radically different. No. And you're going to end up compromising in order to make it work yeah. for yeah. Know, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good for you. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> so <laughs> in wrapping up and I'll have you share, you know, where to find you and I'll put the link to your, um, to Charles in the show notes, but, what what do you as like a starting step for people who maybe are like oh I didn't even realize this was going on or like how how do I start you know taking more control what recommendations or steps do you have for them or just like a yeah I mean I think it's um it's multifaceted and the biggest one in short of having access to these digital tools and kind of the bigger changes that are happening but in the intermediate, it's around a, um, you know, a psychological shift maybe and that this is your health. Like mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> you know, 
you and and health care and our understanding of that is rapidly changing um and at the end of the day it's you know it's it's your body it's one of the most complex systems uh, you know on earth but it's yours and and so having a sense of like asking questions you know challenging like if if you, i say to to pregnant women as well like the intuition that you have with like what's going yeah. on in your body at that time is amazing and nobody mm-hmm. knows that better than you um but that's relevant to other aspects of health as well right yeah. so like just taking the the kind of mental space to be aware of your body and and your health and and having that sense of ownership even if the system doesn't necessarily like reflect that all the time. Um, yeah. And also I would say like, don't be afraid of measurement. Like it's not having data is not a bad thing. It can actually be really empowering. Yeah. I agree. There's, you know, either you're, we're objective or we're not, but if you like can gather that data and like the more you understand yourself, tune into yourself, yeah. all of that stuff, the more you might find answers to things that maybe you are feeling frustrated because no one is answering for you mm-hmm. in, the, in the system. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I have to be optimistic <laughs> about this. <laughs> I haven't joined this fight yet. I just kind of was like, eh, that sucks. And I'm done. But um, <laughs> that wasn't the only reason I stopped being a chiropractor. In any case, um, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your, your passion and vision. And I'm hoping making some people stop and think um mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah it's it's coming and like yeah like I say I, I want a future for my son where we have an equitable socially just digital yeah. first health data system like I I don't think that's too much to ask for the next generation of children I don't either and it's us as moms and women and all the things that probably are going to have to stand up and fight for it so Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, yeah I'm, this has been I'm such inspired. a fun conversation yeah thank you absolutely <laughs> thank you <laughs> for all our listeners we'll see you next week i hope you enjoyed this episode of the selfless syndrome show i truly couldn't make the show if it weren't for you my amazing lovely and loyal listener I so appreciate the emails, the shout outs, the shares, and the reviews, all of which inspire me and motivate me to keep coming back to the mic week after week in order to provide high quality content that helps you find that elusive thing called balance and really build the life, career, and body you are worthy of. I have one little request. If you have benefited from this show in any way, I would so appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and review the show. You can leave a five-star review, leave an honest review, This really helps us get in front of more amazing listeners just like you and keep growing our mission to help women leaders around the world build the life, career, and body they are worthy of. 